You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season. And this is the time for teams to prove if they are contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with a DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. The New York Knicks are one of the biggest underdog surprises of the season, so you could probably make some money off the backs of players like R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Julius Randle. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and Andy and I are back with Season 2, Episode 31, as the New York Rangers seem to have turned a chapter in this book and make a run for the playoffs. And yes, I just said that word, playoffs. Andy, I have to ask you, how are you doing after this new look Rangers? I'm doing good. It's nice to see, you know, obviously amazing as the Rangers top six goes. Uh, so does their record. Uh, it's been a very interesting two weeks for the Rangers between the coaching staff getting uh, COVID. So now we have interim just uh, Chris Knobloch, ho- uh, head coach of Hartford on the bench with Chris Drury. Although now we, uh, you know, in the last two games, they've had Jacques Martin and I think Dave Oliver is back or is it Greg Brown? One of them, one of Quinn's two, two besties are back. I'm not sure which one, but yeah. And in the, in that span, the Rangers have been an absolutely, uh, yeah, they've been a great team, man. They're, I think from the last time we recorded, they've, uh, what they, yeah, they played the flyers twice, the capitals, uh, or excuse me no we record the yeah we talked about those games but i mean you know they have that 9-0 game (laughs) versus the flyers uh where mika really you know sets a a 
was it a, he ties for the most points in a single period with I believe it's um, Brian Trottier. I think he, yeah he had a six point period, absolutely ridiculous. You know, natural hat trick. Does does it again uh, the other day with an eight three victory? And they, the Rangers also beat the Sabers and they uh, split with the Capitals in a game where the first game they thought they were going to win and uh, unfortunately you know they gave two goals late, which stung. But they came back right back and had a pretty good uh, you know three one victory over them. So. And as we record, they're playing the Flyers again. And after two periods, they're tied 1-1. Yeah, we have Igor Shesterkin back. He's looking like he hasn't skipped a beat. Yeah, he made a, you know, and he, they've, he's been up against it because obviously the Flyers are hungry for that win against the Rangers. They've been peppering him with shots, but Igor has been up to the task. And Mika looks as dominant, if not more, than he was at the end of the, you know, the, the season last year. And yeah, obviously... It, Outside of maybe wishing, you know, Lafreniere and Kako could find the back of the net more, it's kind of hard to be mad with this team. Especially they, they're for the most part, they're they're not conceding more than three goals, and uh, they've been excellent on their penalty kill and they're scoring finally. So that's nice. Yeah, and it seems you know that Mika has kind of found his stride again and has been absolutely dynamite over the last few games playing like he did last year and you see the effects of what happens when he elevated his game is that the Rangers start gaining points right they start getting to games into overtime uh they start winning games in regulation I mean they have a a good amount of regulation wins um compared to the you know the teams that they're going to be battling for that fourth spot for I think they all have now 14 so we kind of caught up and I believe regulation wins will be the tiebreaker um since they play an even amount of games so head-to-head could be a huge factor there um and you know again another important stat regulation win so as we climb climb up the standings and and kind of close the gap in terms of points against you know the flyers and the boston bruins you know i i see two things that are happening number one the rangers seem to be trending up while simultaneously the boston bruins and philadelphia flyers seem to be trending down and it's creating a perfect storm for the Rangers to be relevant down the line. Uh, Boston Bruins have a couple games in hand uh, with the Rangers, but you know, as we speak right now, Buffalo holds a two-one lead over Boston. So, I mean, if, if Buffalo can handle Boston and beat them in regulation, I mean, that's a great loss for the New York Rangers, and and hopefully the Rangers can, you know, just get two points today against the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, you know, even if you have to take them into overtime, you still, you know, finally, you know, break the tie and uh, Rangers will end up with 36 points and Philly with 35. You know, looking at the Rangers, right, look at their last 10, they're five, four and one, slightly above 500. They've been trending in a really positive direction. Uh, And, you know, is it a coincidence that since David Quinn went out, uh, that the Rangers kind of maybe had to do a little bit of a reflection and say, you know, you know, who are we, you know, who's going to lead this team? We have a, you know, our coaching staff is gone. Who, who are we playing for? Do you think there's some sort of reflection going on here that helped, you know, seem to break the Rangers into a new, uh, a new chapter here? Yeah. I don't know if it's because obviously everyone's like, Oh, what does it say about David Quinn? And like, he, you know, he like this team must really must hate him and all that stuff. And I don't, I don't buy that. Uh, I mean, Quinn's I do... still doing the uh, game plans. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. like they're, yeah, and I just think you know you can maybe argue that the game management. Uh, obviously, they haven't taken a, a too many men in a while, which is the David Quinn special. Um, yeah, you could probably argue that 
the fact that maybe there's a little bit there's less of a feeling that if I am mess up, I'm going to ride the pine. You know what I mean? So that takes a little bit of a, the governor off. Uh, and also, I just think, yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's like that that was an important game for them. Uh, and you kind of feel like, yeah, they kind of maybe they feel like it more falls on them. They have their coach is not there. So it's like they maybe there was just that little kick in the in the seat of the pants where if like if we're not on our all collectively on our personal games like game management might absolutely go come away from us because we're you know we don't, we're without our coach or our, our regular coach and yeah that's what happened and you just see Mika feeling like himself it just sparked everyone and i think we have really learned how important to this team he is i know there's always going to be some reticence about should they resign him or make him captain or this or that and not knowing. But I think like, and I think this is a Vince Mercogliano point is that, you know, you, no matter how you feel about it, you realize how important he is to this team. <laughs> and it's, and when he's playing like this and then you have Panarin who, you know, at least for this last two weeks has been your second best player is huge. It's absolutely huge. And Buchnevich is not even, and, and Strom, I'd say the two, those two quietly, are still, you know, they've been killing it recently. I think Stroman his last two weeks has more points than Panarin and Buchnevich is just, yeah, he's, he's, I think he still leads the team in points. So he's, and he's keeps scoring and he's finally, you know, you can say that in quotes, has broken out. So the Rangers top six is utterly dominant right now. And Adam Fox is just finally, he's arrived, you know, it's just not a matter. He's just, the confidence is there so much and you see him, He's finally kind, you know, because he's obviously the points were maybe not there for him as much, even though his play has been excellent the last two seasons. But he's finally he's more confidence coming to the zone. And you got to give credit to Ryan Lindgren too. his by, you know, you would think he might just be a, a, a benefit of playing with Fox. But you see that his metrics like away from Fox and are still very strong. So and he's a perfect partner for him. And you even see that he's like. You know, I think they're one of the best pairs in the league at not conceding. Well, you know, when they're you know shots and goals when they're on the ice, and that's just a testament to the two of them because one guy can't do it by himself. So, yeah, I mean, there's so much to like about this team right now, you know. And yeah, see, maybe like I said earlier, you might be upset that uh oh, the points aren't coming for the young guys for Heedle and and uh, Lafreniere and Kako, but they'll come. They it'll come. I'm. With the way this team is trending, I'm not worried about it. And at the very least, their their game, their in-game puck management for those young guys has been good. You know, they haven't been burned so much. It's not like where they can't trust them. You know what I mean? They maybe they're not getting the minutes, and he's riding the big guys right now as they push for the playoff. But you know, if anything, I think it, it might benefit them in the long run. So, yeah, it's 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 funny uh, the overwhelming ebbs and flows of the season and, and the feeling like it, we're out of it. There's no way. And then of course this team gives you a glimmer of hope and you're just like, Oh man, why? You know, just when I thought I was out, I'm back in. So I know yeah, I got, it, that's the I, being a Ranger fan for you. Yeah. I got suckered right back in. I mean, this, the past, you know, few days and, and it's a, it's a bunch of things, man. It's like you look at Panarin, he came back and he didn't miss a beat. Right. So you got, you know, Panarin back after that hiatus. And then you got, you know, um, Zibanejad back almost at the same time. So your two best players, you almost like got back and they just started producing. And then the complementary players like, you know, Ryan Strom and Pavel, you know, Buchnevich, you know, you see them, their game is elevated. And 
you know, Adam Fox is now contributing offensively. He had a five assist game the other night. He's got, you know, leading our team with assists with 23. And it's just crazy. I just feel like this is a brand new team after, you know, the Panarin hiatus and the Zibanejad, you know, kind of finding his stride. And, you know, he's finally, you know, hitting the back of the net and he's scoring goals in bunches, which is exactly what you need. And it's what you had last year, which made the Rangers so relevant and, and, and able to get into the bubble. Um, even though, you know, the bubble didn't go very well, but we still got there. And, and you know, it was, you know, partly a huge, you know, part by, you know, Miki Zibanejad. Man, struggling with words here. Um, <laughs> and, and now, you know, and now, obviously, everyone's going to be questioning Quinn and, you know, what does he bring? But he's still creating the lineups. He's still, you know, creating the game plan. If you don't think he's active and, and talking with the team and communicating with them, I mean, it, you live in La La Land. And, you know, another thing too, looking at the Rangers and how they're structured right now, you know, this is all healthy for the young guys. You know, I know Kako, this is his second year and people probably thought there'd be more of a breakout, but he is playing on the third line and the top six has been so dominant that you don't really, you know, know where to put him. And, you know, if you do put him with the Panarin and Strom, of course, he's going to have a little bit more success, but you can pretty much plug in anyone there and they're going to have success because Panarin and Strom have been that good. So, you know, I, I kind of want to see from the younger guys for them to kind of, you know, be on their own and, you know, play that third and fourth line role and just kind of learn how to be dominant themselves. Like, let them watch Zabenejad and Panarin you know, these next couple of weeks and, and see how, you know, how they dictate the play and how they control you know, the puck in the offensive zone and, and, and how they create offense and scoring chances. Because right now, things seem to be clicking for our top six. And, you know, if Kako is a part of that on the second line, then, you know, that's also great. So, you know, I don't see any negatives in, you know, putting, you know, our young kids on the third and fourth line because our top six have been that good. You know, it's when everybody was stinking that you're just like, well, you might as well stink with the kids playing first line minutes because at least they get experience. But, you know, now that you got the, you know, KZB line, you know, playing very well and Panarin obviously doing Panarin things. And, you know, Andy, there's just so many questions right now about the New York Rangers future, too, because it's like with these guys playing so well. Right. And Ryan Strom being dominant and Buchnevich, you know, putting up some points here. You know, where does this leave the Rangers heading into, you know, the trade deadline and, and or making a run towards the playoffs? Like which which way do you think management is going to kind of look at this team? I mean, I do think management is always going to push to make the playoffs. I mean, um, I just think they feel in if without no without knowing what is said behind closed doors. I think they are very aware of you know the spot that organizations like Arizona and Buffalo and hell even the Ottawa Senators are in. In that you need that culture needs to push to be competitive, and that that will be the biggest decider of ultimately the success of your players and your team and your franchise as a whole you know a it's a business obviously so right. playoffs are, and especially where uh the, the the thought that people might you know be they might have the more than whatever capacity they're at now in the stands should they make the playoffs is good uh and also yeah i just think honestly they 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 yeah i just think they as opposed to just deploying these kids and giving them minutes where they might struggle, but at, for more ice time, I just feel that they might f see all these other organizations that have no problem. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay has no problem grooming 
young players, even though they're not getting maybe the ice time that the, the Braden points and the, you know, but at the same time, players like point and Sorelli, these, they played bottom six minutes while Palat and Johnson were at the, at, you know, at the and Kucherov at the peak of their powers. And now they've kind of just ascended to that role. So, you know, I just don't think there's a, I don't, yeah, I just don't definitely think that just by force feeding Lafreniere and, and Kako and Heedle minutes, Yes, they need to touch the puck. They need to play, but I just don't necessarily think you need to lean on them as heavily as you lean on your top six at this point. Just let them. Yeah, I mean, their day will come, and I think they're figuring it out. They're already, you know, he uh, Kako's met- metrics continue to be very strong, and he had a two goal, per, you know, game the other day. Granted, one was an empty net, and yeah, Lafreniere still obviously figuring it out. I still think Heedle's hand is bothering him because he doesn't look as good as he looked at in the beginning of the year, but he's still making things happen and winning his board battles and you know, using his size well, and it's just, it, yeah, it'll come. I just think it's right now, I think it's important for this organization to feel collectively because, you know, you just see what confidence has done for Mika and the whole team, and you just have to feel like you're close, you know what I mean? Because if you're Buffalo and you feel like you're not never close, you're just never good. And Rasmus Dahlin is playing all the minutes right now, and he's flat out sucks because the team sucks and they have no confidence in themselves, you know? Yeah, and you know, you, um, it's, it's so like, you can't obviously compare to Buffalo right now. I don't think, no, it's fair, yeah, like, yeah, there, that is clearly an extreme case, but I do think teams are at least wary about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and you see like, just because you have playing time doesn't mean you're, you're, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, you know, just because there's more playing time for you does not actually mean it's going to translate into better metrics or, or more, you know, or your stats are going to go up or anything like that. Just, you know, you know, the Rangers are right now in a position where they, they don't need the young kids to be superstars in order for them to be successful. You know, we needed, you know, Mika Zibanejad to be the Mika Zibanejad of last year. And, oh, my God, the Rangers almost just scored. Um, uh, yeah, so, Shister, as, as we're recording this, the Rangers are playing the Flyers, and right. Shesterkin is absolutely keeping them in this game. It's 1-1. He has had to make some 10-bell saves, and God damn it, he looks amazing today. Yeah, and... You know, thank God he looks amazing because yeah, they know, would be down. They would be down seven to nothing if he was in this game, right? And you know what? You can't even blame the Rangers. You know, it's tough beating a team like so many times in a row. Like over the past like two weeks, I feel like we've absolutely manhandled, scoring like seventeen goals against the uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers. It's like you know they're bound to you know seek some revenge against us. But you know, to get back to what you know what I was saying, it's just you know people are expecting great things out of these young kids and it's just like that's not how our team is built right now yeah it would be icing on the cake if they were putting up you know you know a goal every other game but it's just the nature of the beast right now and and you know and i would rather the rangers be successful than you know than have the kids be playing and rangers sucking and you know obviously you know the testament of that is you know the buffalo sabers in which you know darlene is you know the backbone of that team on defense and you know you just see him struggling every single night because there's fabric of that team is just ripped to shreds so you know another thing you know that i really wanted to touch on too is you know oh my god rangers got a power play another thing that i want i might have to turn this off another thing (laughs) the the uh you know that i wanted to touch on too is kind of like you know the overall picture of our division now what's happening with Boston and you know what's kind of happening with Philadelphia I mean it's not uh, any shock that Philly has kind of collapsed here under the AV system I just feel 
uh, I don't know if the team's really quitting on them or just, you know, they were never meant to be this, you know, there was no balance there, you know? No. And listen, AV system taxes goaltenders heavily and Carter Hart is young and not up. Yeah. He's not having a good season. It's, it's not all on him, but it's not all on AV either. It's, you know, you, you show me a Jack Adams coach, I'll show you a better goaltender. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, cause obviously the, you know, when you, the, the flyers do have a good, some, you know, some pieces in their top six and they have some pretty okay depth. It's just, like you said, you play that style that is more counterattack based. So you're not possessing the puck as much as you should. And you're allowing a little bit too much, you know, the flyers in their own zone have been horrible. Like they're back. The Rangers have needed to get out of the, their power play uh, rut. And the flyers have single handedly helped them do that because they just leaving back. How many backdoor tap-ins has this team had and cross ice feeds, you know, it's just too static in their own zone. And, Getting player everything we have nightmares about remembering this team, just players getting behind you all the time and uh, off the rush, you know, and that it's just it's all the things that plague the Rangers under AV's tenure are happening to them. You know what I mean? Especially towards the end when Hank was, you know, as he was getting older, it was just it wasn't automatically a, he'd bail you out all the time. You know what I mean? So. But yeah, I mean, as opposed to where it happened, they're obviously maybe not as strong. Can they get back? their footing i don't know just because like i said it's going to take a lot because car elliot is never he's old and he's just never been a, a i just i don't know why they re-signed him I, you know so and if as long as carter hearts can't make save anything they're not going anywhere and as for the bruins i mean as we record this they're tied i think with with uh the, the sabers you know who are looking to break their drought buffalo we need you to, to beat the bruins that would really help us out preferably in regulation but even if you have to take them to shoot out and just give them one point instead of two uh that's great yeah i mean i haven't watched a lot of boston they're still kind of in it i mean you know uh the washington washington and islanders are really the only two teams that really seem that they're like confident they're gonna wrap this up but and uh, hell i'll even say pittsburgh has played pretty well as well you know uh sid has been and ov for that matter or have really have something to prove this year and they've been playing they're playing with confidence so but yeah boston has been inconsistent philly has fallen off and that kind of opens the door for that you know that uh fourth potentially third spot for the rangers especially the way they're going now you know so you and you could obviously argue had you know maybe if zabanajad wasn't suffering from the after effects of covid early in the season and the the young guys were kind of integrated with a little bit more you know you just don't know the rangers could feasibly be in a spot right now and you know but yeah they got hit with the book of the weird things early in the year between covid and injuries and the d'angelo situation and just yeah it was it was kind of the way it was probably always going to work itself out but as long as this team is progressing towards something and yeah like what even if they don't make the playoffs it's like we can hang our hats then like they really have figured out this season their defensive structure, which will aid them moving forward, you know, as long as Martin remains and they kind of build off that. But you, yeah, they're, uh, you have to be really happy with how they defend right now. And obviously game management and like closing out games or tying up games or just sealing games in your favor is all about confidence, you know, and just that you can do it and belief, you know, Washington has belief so they can, you know, score two goals with five minutes left and win games. And, the Rangers have had trouble doing that, but the way they're playing recently, they're yeah, it's been pretty decisive, especially on a bounce back. We lost one, well, let's get it back, you know, let's win the decisive, you know, let's leave no doubt the next one, and that's what they do. So, uh, yeah, funny how that works, but yeah, I mean, I do think as it stands right now, as long as Philly and Boston remain playing the way they are, that 
there a playoff spot is open for the Rangers. They, but obviously they just have to fight. They have to keep going and when they have to, you know, just, yeah. Even if you lose here or there, just win more than often than you lose. At least you'll be, you'll be in the race. Hey, hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. You get a phone call. And he's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he shoot checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my face. Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 right. rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I, I also had another you know, question to kind of follow up with just the whole you know, big picture thing. You know, the New York Rangers are obviously built different than every single team uh, above them, you know, in the standings. Boston Bruins is kind of a win-now team. Uh, You know, they obviously made some moves with, you know, letting Char go to Washington and, you know, being a little bit more reliant on that top line. Um, You know, but we penciled them in to be, you know, a playoff team. Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, we thought they would trend, you know, downwards, but they seem to be, you know, playing as well as any team in our division. So you have to give them credit. And again, they're built around a huge veteran leadership core uh, with Crosby and, you know, Malkin leading the way. And then you have uh, the New York Islanders, which, um, you know, say what you want about that roster. They are overachieving. And I know they have one of the best coaches in the NHL and he, you know, they buy into the system and credit to them. And then you got the Washington Capitals, which I think a lot of people thought, you know, the only question mark for them was their age. Can they keep it up? They seem to be doing just fine. They could score goals in bunches and they know how to win hockey games. And they're just a mature team playing in a, you know, a tough division. And, and, you know, I think they're slightly overachieving, but they're doing nothing shocking. I don't think anyone's shocked that Washington's, uh, you know, leading the division here. You know, you look at the Rangers and, you know, going into the season, I don't think a lot of people outside of maybe New York Ranger fans gave them much of an expectation or any credit at all. So you look at, you know, the situation that we're in currently today, 32 games played, 34 points. We are trending upwards. We are, you know, maybe a a week or two of really good hockey away from closing the gap even more and potentially getting into that fourth spot. Do you think that the New York Rangers could be buyers at the deadline if they, you know, 
start closing the gap against the Boston Bruins and potentially the Pittsburgh Penguins. Because uh, looking at Pittsburgh, they have two games in hand. Well, they played two more games. There were only six points really behind Pittsburgh. Um, you know, it. I think it depends. I think they won't be buyers in the sense that like the like oh Taylor maybe they're going to bring Taylor Hall in. you know what i mean i think it's it would right. have to be a player with they're not going for rental if that makes any sense it no, would have no, to no, be no no yeah no yeah i mean i think you look at a, a player like Blake Coleman going to Tampa but he had you know they overpaid for him but he had term and now that's a great <laughs> you know that's a great get for them he was great for them last year when they won the cup he w- you could say he was maybe one of the most crucial pieces that he had that Absolutely. third line checking line was fantastic and he's around, you know, for a couple more seasons. So I think that's the type of deal they would go for. I think this extends the shelf life of a guy like Strom. I think they'd be less reticent to then just because if things were still if they were far, if they were a bottom two team in their division or even close to the bottom like they were early on. Yeah, I think they might have said, all right, Ryan, you we can get, an, you know, a younger player for you. And that might have that might have been it. But I think now you look at Buffalo they're historically bad. They're they you know they they send uh, Eric Stahl to Montreal. So you have to imagine it's kind of signaling that they are going to start retooling and rebuilding. And j- there's no way Jack Eichel stays, right? I mean, I don't, he hasn't said it formally, but he's hurt right now, and the team is in tatters around him. And when he gets back, there'll be even less there. I would put it at five percent that he stays. Yeah, exactly. Point. So I think in back of their minds, they they're they don't want to give up assets that they could might need to expend on him eventually if that's the case because every team in the league is going to be try to be in on him. So yeah, I just like I said, I think it'd have to be the right deal. Uh it'd have to be either a player they think doesn't have a there's not a clear path for them in their organization. You know, we remember uh you know, if they flipped uh, uh they traded for Julian Gautier because they had so many young defensemen uh on a you know hot performance out of uh god why can't even i can't remember his name uh that young defenseman who was traded for julian gautier uh jesus christ he was you know uh, rykov no 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 rykov still um, oh he rykov's still on with us yeah Um, no it was uh god I, i i feel bad for not remembering this kid's name hold on joey keen 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 yeah he has he has a great you know keen has a great first year uh you know in hartford for a rookie i think he was like one of the the leading point uh i don't he wasn't first in defenseman points but he was one of the the highest scoring defensemen in that in league in the ahl that year as a first year eligible ahl player so and i think they they just where they rated him in terms of what their defense needs he already had adam fox and lindegren and miller and there just wasn't a path for him but at the same time it's like julian gautier there wasn't really a path for him to break in he wasn't really getting his opportunity with carolina so they they recognize that and they make a player for player trade that both sides seem to be happy with. I don't know what Joey Keane's doing right now or how he's doing in Char. I assume he's with the Charlotte checkers. Right. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how he's, he has performed, but Julian Gauthier is still remains a project, but the, you can easily see the promise. The kid draws so many penalties and when he uses his speed, he's kind of tough to stop. Right. So yeah, I just think the Rangers, a shrewd move like that was definitely be more of what I could see the Rangers angling for. Uh, son of a, yeah, the Bruins scored on the, uh, Sabres, son of a gun. Come on, Buffalo. Like, you know, hoping the Sabres will bail us out of this one is, uh, yeah, it's not going to be, yeah. And Buffalo's do, they got to win eventually, right? They got to win eventually. I was just hoping it would be against a team in front of the Rangers. Like, don't, (laughs) you know, it's, if you win against the, the Capitals or the the Islanders, it doesn't really do us much good because 
they're just at, they're gonna those are almost locked up at the way they're playing you know at that pace you it's like you want them to any of the teams that are you know right on the on the cusp that's what we need to be but i digress anyway um yeah so i mean as far i just think with the rangers they're not going to do anything that hurts their long-term plan but i think if there's a player out there who needs a change of scenery or just one that is young enough where it makes sense and they have term and they can get them, they might overpay to get them. But at the same time, you don't know if there is a belief that they need to make sure there are certain assets that Buffalo might prefer if, Jack, if a player of Jack Eichel's caliber becomes available. Uh, so you, yeah, I just, I don't know how, if how that affects things, but I definitely think, I think they're more most likely going to stand pat, but I could see them adding if it, it's something where it's like, it makes sense, even if it's a little bit of an overpayment, but it's, there's a player with term, you know, it's, really it's definitely score. not going to be a, a, a rental flash, you know, like a Taylor Hall or something. Yeah. Philly just scored. It's two, one Philly, uh, deflection. Motherfucker. you know, they were, you know, I think Philly's been pretty, uh, let's they, see if they're... the Rangers can, uh, you know, I, again, I say this, it's like the way they've been playing recently, you know, they were, they weren't going to beat Philly all, <laughs> every time, you know? Right. So, but let's see how they respond. You know what I mean? Philly is clearly has more to play for right now. And the Rangers, it's kind of hard to be sharp, but you know, they've really poured it on this, this game Philly cause they're desperate for a win. So yeah, let's see if the Rangers can respond. Cause if they can at least irk a point out of this game, that would be great. So yeah, no, absolutely. But um, the, it's just funny. Our reactions are yeah, pale to earlier in the season where every point, you know, <laughs> every two points were so important, but if you having confidence in this team that maybe they can say, all right, well, you know, we, we got this many points out of this, but we maybe, even if it's like they played well enough, but they just didn't get the points, then you hope that the next game they come out house of fire and, you know, so, and that's what good teams do. You know what I mean? So let's see if the Rangers are have mentally have switched to being a team that like feels that any, any points they don't get is like is wasted. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, I, I do have another question for you too. Sure. Obviously, you know, the, you know, sometimes, you know, no trade is the best trade that you can do down, you know, uh, you know, with the deadline coming up, you know, the rain, the big acquisition could be a guy that you, you know, call over from, you know, the KHL in terms of, uh, Kraftsoff. When do you think we see him, you know, obviously he, you know, there, he was skating, right? So, you know, it, it's gotta be just around the corner and, you know, the Rangers were buzzing lately so you might not want to disrupt certain things but you know is he a guy that's going to be penciled into the lineup you know within the next couple of weeks uh you know so obviously that, that's been a big ask of Knobloch recently without Quinn available and he said that's ultimately David Quinn's decision he keeps alluding that he thinks I think the belief is that Quinn is going to want some hands-on time with him before he puts him in the lineup or at least to get him up to speed systems wise so uh yeah, I, I think he'll, Dave, I, I don't know when Quinn will be back for practice. Maybe it's soon, but you would imagine he'd want at least one or two practices with him before feeling confident to get him into a game. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably most likely. I, I lean later than, you know, rather than sooner, but he'll definitely see some time this season, which is important. Um, yeah, you know, but uh, I, yeah, I just, I think it's one of those things, especially with how they kind of handled it last year, you have to imagine there still is, whether it's warranted or fair or not, there's some belief that like he might not be responsible or reliable. I don't know why they would think that considering how, how good defensively Kraftsoff was in the KHL this year, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe they just, they want, yeah, they don't want to make any, 
you can definitely understand not wanting to make changes right now with the A, with the way they've been playing and B, with not having the coaching staff there. So maybe not the time to <laughs> insert crafts off into the line, the lineup and change things. So, but yeah, I assume we'll, we'll probably see them sometime next week. I hope. Yeah, no. And, you know, looking at that kid and, uh, you know, he's been playing, so I don't think, you know, getting into game shape is going to be necessarily a problem. Uh, I just, you know, I really hope that, you know, they do try to, you know, pencil him in because I do think he's a better option than what we have right now on the fourth line. And not not to say that, you know, our fourth line has been absolutely garbage, but, you know, you, if you look at, you know, the teams that are up at the top of the standings, they're, they're four lines deep, you know, they have, you know, four lines that contribute. And, you know, the Islanders obviously are famous for having, you know, one of the tougher fourth lines uh, in the in the National Hockey League. And, you know, you just see how important it is to be, you know, balanced and, and have, you know, players contribute up and down the lineup. And I do think he might bring, you know, a good element to the, you know, the fourth line. And just to get some, you know, rep, you know reps, you know, in with the big club, I, I think would be huge for him. And the, the quicker he does it and doesn't totally lose his game shape i think uh that'll benefit him also um you know obviously we the last podcast we kind of looked at you know the big picture around the hockey league and you know just you know where a lot of teams may stand especially you know teams like you know the florida panthers and the chicago blackhawks who might be overachieving and and, you know, you look at, you know, Minnesota Wild, a team that you know, I think both of us might have penciled even dead last. And, uh, you know, you look at a team like Montreal, you know, Canadians and Vancouver Canucks and stuff like that. The, the teams that are kind of right in the middle of the pack there, you know, teams that I would say are equivalent to the New York Rangers. Um, you know, big picture, if this is a full 82 game schedule and you got to play every team around the NHL, do you think the Rangers would be in a worse spot or better spot than they are right now? Oh, I definitely think a better spot because, you know, <laughs> you like you said, you could argue Buffalo and for stretches, the Devils have been the most disapp- like pointing teams in this division right now, right? And hell, even the Rangers were part of that. But at the same time, some of the team, like you, the Rangers definitely, if you, you replace those games, they've lost to teams like uh, the the Capitals and the Bruins to you know the calgary flames or the senators you know i just yeah i definitely you have to imagine but at the same time i said this in the beginning of the season i don't know if i'd necessarily want that because i i honestly do feel that this season is, is very important even if it like it's just harder for them to get in and they don't get in it's like iron sharpens iron and you're playing these players on a you know you it, yeah, I just think this these playing against tougher competition on a daily basis and figuring out what makes these guys so great and what do they do that we don't do. So what can I do? How like you have a chance that if you get clowned by the you know, the Bergeron Pasternak Marshan line, it's like you kind and you play them back to back multiple times into short succession. You can say to yourself, they keep burning us by doing this, or like I'm a young player, how do I be successful? And you see what they do. It's like oh, you know he. They burned me by because I they did this and made which made me they sucked me and I did this and then they walked around me. Well, that's not going to happen again, you know. So yeah, I just think iron sharpens iron, and it's like it's like the pain might be more so in the in the short term. But I think long term it'll make them a better team and just better players individually. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, and I just think like you said, also playing 
these games have been hotly contested. I think the Flyers hate the Rangers' guts right now, as you can imagine. You know, the oh, way yeah. they just celebrated that Moran goal. They're going to, obviously, there's going to be a lot of showboating after this, even though they've gotten clowned, you know, <laughs> you know how many games in a row. Uh, but obviously, listen, they're Flyers' better team tonight. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I just think the games are more important when your every point is so, you know, it's like you, you're just padding the lead of your division and you can't throw away points and you can't just say, ah, oh, we lost, you know, you know, we gave the San Jose Sharks a point and over, to, you know, to OT. So it's just, yeah, it's that type of thing, you know? So, um, but uh, yeah, no, I just, I just think that regardless of where the Rangers end up, it's just always about getting better every day and keeping the expectations high. And like I said, that doesn't necessarily mean having to get into the playoffs, but it does mean that you have to feel like you can hang with some of the best teams in the, in the league. And luckily for the Rangers, you have teams like Washington, the Islanders and hell the Bruins, depending on how they're feeling, you know, if they took their Geritol, uh, you know, to, to, yeah, to match up against. Yeah. And you know, uh, Fox just made maybe the nicest save of the season, like for any <laughs> goaltender, it, yeah. that was unbelievable. And, yeah, was uh, wow. Uh, anyway, so the Rangers look like they're going to lose this game. So they lose the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday. They play the Washington Capitals tomorrow at noon. Um, you know, obviously expectations right now from the both of us are very high. I think we both feel like we're right on the cusp there. And if we can just keep playing with a little bit more consistency, we can make a run here because we are trending up. Uh, you know, there's going to be some really big games. I think there's uh, there's four games right around the corner against the New Jersey Devils, a team that you have to beat in order if you want to, you know, be a you know a playoff team in this division. You know, four games in a row. That's eight points up for grabs that you could really, you know, you know, use. You know, and especially if you know uh, Pittsburgh Penguins or Boston Bruins and the Flyers go two and two, and you go four and zero. Oh, you know, that's a huge four point swing in our direction and yeah. beating teams that we have to beat. Um, you know, what's your, you know, is this kind of just a, a fluke? Are we on another roller coaster? I and mean, we can end the podcast, you know, with yeah, you sure. answering this question too. Um, you know, I, I've always said, you know, this season is a roller coaster ride. Are we just on another, you know, trajectory up just to be plummeting down in, in a week or so? Or do you think, you know, the hills and might be a little bit more steady, you know, going forth the rest of the season. I, I think the Rangers are still going to miss out on the playoffs. I think they'll might still have inconsistency, I, but I do think they will be more. I think they'll be a better team than they were in the first half. I just think, unfortunately, with the the setbacks from before, it just won't be enough. And yeah, I but I think we like to your point, they'll be a more consistent team overall, I think you might see a little bit more taking teams to overtime. I just don't think it's going to be as the embarrassing losses. Cause it's like, you know, listen, the flyers have been literally peppering Eeyore with shots because the Rangers have been just clowning them for how many, you know, how many games. So like they're clearly, they wanted it more here. They score with like five minutes left, you know, uh, it is what it is. I think we'll see less embarrassing Rangers feeling like they're playing with a false lead type goals. I think, you know, hopefully you see, I would like to see the Rangers come from behind a little bit more. Although I obviously I'm happy they find themselves scoring the first goal more often than not. Cause that's the more you do that, the more likely you are to win. Um, but yeah, I think it's the biggest thing is that, the, you know, they lose this game now uh, against the flyers. If you record this 
do you treat that, you know, I think in the past, the Rangers would treat this as another, you know, because the Rangers are like a team that like wins four and loses the next three, two or three, you know, right? Well, now I want them to be the one that comes right back and wins again. You know, you don't want it this to be like, all right, our feel all that good feeling that they've had the last few games goes away now because they lost in the kind of a painful fashion. It happens. It's the National Hockey League, but the good teams treat it as like an outlier or at least like even if they played well, they treat it like, you know, well, we lost a point we couldn't lose. So now we got to get, we got to make sure we get it. And, or will this ra- young Rangers team just kind of the now go in a little mini slump where they're not so sure about themselves. So this is going to be the real test. Uh, but again, that's why I love the way the divisions are this year, because it's kind of every point is important. And it's almost like you have more time to exact your revenge and make the corrections against the team that just, yeah, <laughs> inflicted, you know, brought it to you. Right. So uh, yeah, let's see. I mean, I can't say for sure because every time I've tried to be sure on this podcast, the Rangers have done the opposite and made me either look like a fool, whether that's scoring, you know, all the all the goals that they want or just by saying they should be better and just shooting themselves in the foot blatantly. So, yeah, it's the, we're still on the roller coaster, but at least it's heating up and you feel like there's a chance. So uh, the games are at least, if anything else, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, personally, not maybe not so much for my uh, my cholesterol or my, uh, my, you know, my heart rate. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.